Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you on the podcast joining us today. Today on the podcast, we have Rob Croyle. Hello. Jennifer Bartlett. Hi, guys. And myself, Logan. Coming at you with the tasty footnote goodness. <laughs> First up, because I'm introing this like a radio DJ on a smooth hits channel, mixed with a little bit of Shatner. <laughs> it's getting worse by the second. Anyway, uh, if your pattern of rest, if Man. your pattern of rest was a song, what type of song would your pattern of rest be? This question was bought, brought to you by Jen Blake in the comments section of the live stream. We were having a grand old time in the comments section this week. Uh, if you're streaming online and you're not joining us in the comments section, you're missing out on a party. We're having a good old time. <laughs> I accidentally <laughs> delete some of my own comments. It makes it look like I said something inappropriate. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, so join us in the comments section if you're streaming online. Nonetheless, Jen posed this question. I'll let you guys chew over this for a second here, uh, in case you didn't see this coming. But I was thinking about it, and then I realized that mine would be atonal and uh, polyrhythmic or arrhythmic because it doesn't have rhythm. Use plain English words. Uh, <laughs> Atonal, polyrhythmic. What atonal, without tone, uh, <laughs> without a tonal center. You know, your classic, like, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, right? Do feels like home. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, <clears throat> when we're all singing a hymn on Sunday, uh, or we're, pl- we're singing, uh, you know, I don't know, 100 Miles by Crowder, and it's in the key of D, and everyone in the room, we're all singing in the key of D, except for Rob. Rob's singing in the key of Rob. Uh, but you know, true that. Hundred miles long, but it won't compare. But we're all singing in the key of D, and T- D feels like the tonal center. And when you come to a D chord, it feels like home, right? Well, with atonal music, there is no center. It's all chaos all the time. Um, which has its own type of beauty, but is a little stressful to listen to for most people. Uh, polyrhythmic, or would be multiple me- polymeter, uh, would be multiple different meters going on, so the beat is hard to find and it's disjuncting. And uh, if you listen to Tool, Tool uses a lot of polymeters. I was just going to say that. Yep, there you go. I figured that's mm-hmm. that's a classic example of that. Uh, so chaos without tonal center, slightly jarring. That would be my, that's my pattern of rest right there. I was like, well, that's just perfect. That that's sounds just, awful. It does, doesn't it? It sounds, it sounds absolutely horrendous. So there you go. Is that where you want? To, what's your No, dream? I want to get back to like Jesus Loves Me or Kumbaya, but I'm <laughs> like, stuck on Tool and mixed with Philip Glass or something. Uh, Bartok, uh, Mike, you're just savoring every bit of this conversation, I'm sure. Uh, everyone else, I'm so sorry. We've gone music theory on you today on the podcast. I don't understand a word you're saying. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, you can go Google these things, and then you'll understand 
understand me a little bit better. Nonetheless, so if if your pattern of rest was a song, how would you describe your pattern of rest? I would go with that. It would be a tw- one of the Twenty One Pilots song. I'm not sure exactly which one, but okay, the Twenty One Pilots songs have this tendency to have this fast, and then they slow down, and then mm-hmm. they come back and it's fast, and then all right, all right, slow down. So I think I I think I do that fairly well. Like I'm kind of I'm all in, and then mm-hmm. I'm you know. <laughs> You're all in, and then you crash. Well, you know, just... Take it down to half speed. Take it down to 17 miles per hour. <laughs> That's really fast. <laughs> Only when you're speaking. Oh. I just caught Jen it. Jen just got that. <laughs> earlier today, earlier today in Sermon Club, Jen said something along the lines of uh, just racing along at 17 miles an hour. And I was like, in what universe is 17 miles an hour racing along? I was talking about the rate in which I would speak. I get really nervous and I start talking really fast. Yep. <laughs> yep. At I, 17 I, miles per hour. And I was just thinking, I, I even I, I might roll downhill faster than 17 miles an hour. <laughs> I might push you down the hill. It's very possible, which might make me go 18 <laughs> with that extra force. But nonetheless, <laughs> just racing away. Full uh, inertia. My favorite part of that was that you just like you didn't get it, you didn't, and then it hit you. I'm so sorry that y'all couldn't see that because it was hilarious. I was watching through this. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And Rob was like, "Wait for it to hit. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. There it is." Really, the story of my life. I pretend like I get things, and then I actually get them. It's the delay joke bomb. That's good stuff. So, what type of song, other than one with a lot of delay, would be (laughs) your (laughs) pattern of rest theme song, Jen? I'm sorry. I am on. I'm in a mood today. Apparently. Oh, I didn't even. Okay, so I wish I had this. Uh, so there's a song by City and Color called "The Girl," and okay. it starts off super sweet and mel- what is the word? Melodic. Thank you. That one. Melodious. Melodious. Melodic. That sounds fun. Um, and then it kind of builds, and it's like exciting and fun. And then it w- goes into this weird chaos thing. And I feel like that fits my pattern of rest. I like that. Yeah. I realize that these Twizzlers that I'm opening are really crinkly. <laughs> yeah, they are. Also, Rob's eyes lit up like Christmas. Oh, you want one, Jen? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to have a Twizzler. Christy and I are about going on a road trip. And there will be Twizzlers in our future. See, it's always cinnamon bears or hot tamales. Cinnamon mm. bears are hot tamales. Wow. I love cinnamon, cinnamon candy. I don't like spicy but things, but cinnamon candy, it's my jam. I just go into like hibernation mode and don't really eat anything. I'll drink a lot of things. But I don't really eat anything, which is not very unnormal for me anyway. Uh, sunflower <laughs> seeds, though. That's my snack of choice. <laughs> Especially during the summer because I can spit them out the window. How on earth did we get onto this? You oh, yeah, opened I opened Twizzlers. <laughs> <laughs> I was hungry. 
ish. All right. Anyway, did you not eat lunch? I did eat lunch. I took a moment and I ate lunch while doing three other things. It was fine. It was very restful. Mm. So I thought that was a delightful question from Jen, Jennifer Blake. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was a good time. So little did she know she was asking like the music composition major, or maybe she did know. I mean, me and Mike were in the were in the chat. I think Mike's mom? No, your mom. My Your mom answered like five or six. It was like a playlist of rest. Oh, yeah. My mom loves music and is it a worship was, uh, leader at her church and like That was quite the thing. So, anyway, I thought it was a good question. Great way to open up the podcast. Way better than talking about shortcomings. There were none of those this Sunday. Definitely not. Um But <laughs> I don't know, your slide person was a little behind. <laughs> No, she's just going 70 miles an hour. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Too easy. Too easy. KO. <laughs> All right. So speaking of KO and being A-OK, and that has nothing to do and was a terrible segue, other than it kind of rhymed. But uh, Rob, let's talk a little bit more about this uh, pedagogos? Pedagogos? Pedagogos. Yeah, you know, so the Apostle Paul writes a, a ton, and there's about the law, and he we have to remember that he's addressing this multi ethnic church when he's having this conversation. Multi ethnic in what way? Gentile and Jewish. Perfect. Okay. So and it's really kind of these two world views, uh, two religious world views, and up to this point. In time, in history, you had to become a proselyte if you were a Gentile, if you're a goyim, mm-hmm. it's the Hebrew word, okay. from the goyim, nations. I have to become a proselyte? Is that what it was? Yeah, son. Uh, I think the term is called the son of Abraham. Yep. Is the term that they would use. I asked okay. that like I was questioning, but I actually knew it. I was just trying there to get you go. it said like three more times for people to remember. And, and this is like a year-long process. This is not something that happens quickly. In fact, uh, oftentimes the rabbis would make you come and ask like three times. Like they wanted to make sure you were serious about this. Mm -hmm. Like this was not just the idea of the moment. So this is the process of converting to Judaism. It's basically, yeah. So ethnically you are still Greek. Goyim. He, you know, Roman, Greek, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, Assyrian, Egyptian. Yes. You're not Jewish from a ethnicity standpoint, but, okay. you, but you take on all the characteristics of what it means to be Jewish according to the 613 laws. And, and in particular, there's a, there's a portion of the law that pertains to, out of the 613 laws, only a portion of those laws actually are the what we call the works of the law. When the Apostle Paul talks about the works of the law, there's a Hebrew term, miksat ma'ase haturah. And we, we actually identified this, this term, the scholars, biblical scholars, 
um, identified this term through the Dead Sea Scrolls, and and it was the first time that they saw this Hebrew term mm-hmm. kind of match the language that Paul was using in Greek, and and it started to make sense. So the Dead Sea Scrolls were these scrolls that were uh, copied, that were codified, that were collected uh, in Qumran. Yep, and. This was the Essene community, and in those scrolls, we see both uh, scripture scrolls like Isaiah, okay. but we also see scrolls that identify uh, practices of that community. Okay. And so this term, Miksat Maseha Torah, speaks to what it means to be considered Jewish. Like what do I have what do I have to live out? What works do I have to mm-hmm. observe? To be, this is what makes us Jews. Yes. Okay. Uh I think we've talked about this. I know we talked about it back way, 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 way millennia ago when we talked about James. We talked about it in James. And I know we talked about it one other time. I don't remember where exactly but sometime, I think within the last year, we talked about that again, because I remember we referred back to the James stuff. Yeah, so in Galatians 3, which is where we're talking about this pedagogos, uh, earlier in the chapter, says, uh, You foolish Gentiles, who has bewitched, bewitched you, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly betrayed as crucified? This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? When it says works of the law, that's what he's talking about. The, the, the Hebrew equivalent would be mixat matzeh hatarah. And that's the portion of the 613 laws that, again, that relates to what it means to be Jewish. Now, right. there's two other portions of the 613 laws. One has to do with Ethical law, that's uh, the, the Ten Commandments, are mm-hmm. by and large ethical law. There's, there are other ethical laws throughout there. How do you treat the poor? How do you uh, treat strangers in the okay. land? Those, kind of, those are ethical laws. And then there's the uh, cultic law, mm-hmm. which is, by and large, the book of Leviticus, or found in the book of Leviticus, which speaks to how do you live out being a priest. Mm. So how do you wear the robes? How do you order the ephod? How do you, as a priest, wash your hand? Those kinds of things. How do you set a priest apart? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things. That's, that's, the, that's the cultic law. So there's three portions. And, and so again, we found ethical, this out. cultic, and mitzvah ma'aseh hatara. Yes, and right. we found this, and we didn't really have, uh, from a scholarly standpoint, didn't have insight into what this conversation was until the Dead Sea Scrolls. And so... Fascinating. Cool. In Romans, in Galatians, um, in large part in those two books, when Paul is talking about us not being justified by the works of law, in other words... We didn't receive Christ by becoming Jewish. And you, you, and you can really go back to, uh, was it Acts 17? With the... 
Jerusalem the council mm-hmm. and the the apostles and the leading uh, leading members of the church at that time they determined that the uh, that the Gentiles basically were under the Mosaic or not the the Noahic covenant. They were under the Noahic covenant, and so mm-hmm. if you if you look at Acts seventeen and and compare that language to the language of the covenant that God establishes with Noah when Noah comes out of the ark, the language matches. Okay, yep. and so. The Gentiles are not under the Abrahamic or Mosaic covenant, either of those covenants. Yeah. The Jews are actually under all three. Okay. Yep. The Noahic covenant is a larger umbrella. Mm-hmm. And then the Abrahamic covenant, which includes both Ishmael and Isaac and, and all their Isaac line. Yep. and their lines. And then the Mosaic Covenant, which is specific to the children of Israel. Okay. Yep. It's like Russian nesting dolls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's I he- see it. It's Hebrew nesting covenants. <laughs> it doesn't have the same flair, but I like it. And so when we say, Little well, flip. we're not under the law, the portion of the law specifically that we are not under... Are, is the portion according to the Apostle Paul? What he's addressing in particular mm-hmm. is the portion of the law that would make you Jewish. We do not need to become Jewish in order to express our faith in Christ or to be uh, considered righteous before Christ. And so, and primarily, he's talking about circumcision. Like in America, most babies are, or a good portion of babies are circumcised, and that's not really a religious act. That's that's but, just culturally American. Yeah, at this point, that's yeah. a that's a different. It's a health thing. It's a health, but but at that time, the Christians, the the goyim, the Gentile Christians, were going. Well, do I have to be? Do I have to be circumcised? And what what else do I have to do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do I got to do to be to be in? And and Paul saying, your confession of faith, your baptism by the Spirit, your your baptism by the water and and by the Spirit, they are sufficient, and so you stand. And so don't let people tell you that you don't have a right standing with God. Mm-hmm. The ethical law still applies. And even under the metaphor that he uses here with the pedagogos, and that and again that's a very specific I and mean, we read the word um tutor or guardian uh in verse uh was it Galatians three twenty five, but now that faith has come we are no longer under a tutor. This version says tutor. Other versions say guardian. But you hear that and you go, okay, well. So a tutor is someone in our present culture is someone who sits down next to us for a class, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You 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 tutored me on English. Uh, you have 
if you have any kind of authority over me, which you really don't, it'd be for that 45 minutes that we sat together. Sure. And, and, but that is not how a pedagogos functioned in that Roman culture that he's writing into. Gotcha. And so we have to, if we're going to get the full picture, we have to picture this Roman tutor. Roman tutor within this culture where you where the where the father said to the to the slave, All right, you have responsibility over my son for a season. Here are the parameters. These are the things I want you to teach them. Mm-hmm. And then the lessons learned by the son through the pedagogos are supposed to carry that son or daughter into their future. Yeah. Even when the pe- even when the tutor isn't over them, the lessons remain. Right. Yeah. Right. And so we don't submit ourselves to the law in order to follow Christ. But what the law teaches us... Doesn't mean that we don't carry the law, carry lessons of the law with us. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. Well, we dropped this quote uh, in the sermon that uh, Jen... Jennifer, you have you have blessed us with this quote, and of the four, yeah, of the four of us that were present for my care group discussion this week, mm-hmm. three of us, oh, five, five, sorry, of the five of us, three of us, uh, all had that as like a oof moment, or a light bulb moment, or a. I really like that quote moment. Mm. <laughs> and it might or might not have dominated much of our conversation. <laughs> what? That's amazing. Look at you go. So this yeah. quote, this quote, uh, who, wants to, who wants to quote it? So it, the quote is, if you Sabbath with your hand, no, if you work with your hands, Sabbath with your mind. If you work with your mind, Sabbath with your hands. And I follow this gal on Instagram, and she does podcasts, and she's an author. Um, her name is Annie F. Downs, and she, one of her Sabbaths, she um, learned how to fish. And under her picture of her holding a beautiful trout, all right, um, she had that quote, and I was like, "Ooh, that's good." You know, um, first off, everyone loves a fish pic- a fish picture. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love those? Mm-hmm. Probably about half our population, but that's okay. Uh, that was a that was a joke. <laughs> the, the running the running comment is on dating profiles. Why I know no one likes your fish picture. Take that away. Um, but so I was being snarky. But nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, this quote of, of Sabbathing with your hands, if mm-hmm. you work with your mind, or vice versa. Yeah. Uh, good stuff there. What happens if you do both? Then mm. you just go into a comatose a comatose state and veg out. Well, you find a good way to rest that does both. You oh. don't veg out because that's what we're trying to get away from. We're trying to connect with God, Logan. Sheesh, where are you at? <laughs> so some Set of the myself r- up on the fireling line here <laughs> felt good. I'm sure it did. Some of You're the welcome. recreation, some of the things that we do in recreation or or for rest, is actually a kind of stress. Sure, but it's a different kind of stress hopefully it should be a different kind of stress and so 
if for me, like going to the gym and lifting for an hour like that, if I, I get to the gym most days of the week or a lot of days of the week during the week, but on Saturday, I'm not rushed. I can mm-hmm. actually go twice as long. Like I could, I could really focus in on a muscle group. Like there's, there's additional things I could do. You can savor the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, mm. it's, it's different. We're during the work week. It's kind of like, all right, gotta do this next thing. Just next gotta get thing. it done. But okay. it's a kind of stress, and and even let, let's say you go hiking, that stresses your body in some ways, shape or fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're if you've been sitting behind a desk all week, mm-hmm. and now you're out hiking, you know it it is a stress, and so rest isn't necessarily doing nothing. In fact, uh, I did read an interesting article. I believe it was from Psychological Today. And it talked about the fact that our body is always rebuilding itself. Okay. And the author said, you're, you actually may be doing more when you are resting than at any other point in your week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Because your body is rebuilding and replacing, and like all of your skin gets replaced every so often, all different connective tissues gets you know, replaced. And so all this is getting rebuilt. And, and then, you know, my buddy from the gym and I misquoted him. He, you know, he said, our creator, our creator rested Mm. on the seventh day. And this is, this is a powerful dude. Now when he's leaving our, our box core class and he kicks the bag Oh, I feel for that bag. <laughs> <laughs> like he is, uh, he's probably five four and just a total powerhouse. Uh, squats over four hundred pounds. Wow. Yep. You know, dude's a brick. Benches three, three seventy something. You know, like a champ. Yeah. All right. He's like, what do they think we're? Stronger than God. <laughs> That's my favorite. It's a good quote. <clears throat> a little mic drop moment right there. Yeah. Mic drop moment. Love it, love it, love it. All right. Well, on another quote that we had, you quoted a, uh, a pastor from Bridgetown mm. uh, Church. Now, the wait, uh, we're just going to have to... Uh, we kind of screwed this up a little bit because I don't know the exact episode that this occurred in, but they did a series on Sabbath back in 2019. Uh, it started on January 6th, 2009. They began their year with rest. Wow. Oh. Ooh, ah, uh, super <laughs> spiritual. Yeah. Super spiritual, dude. Uh, but they did a they did a multi week series on rest and it was uh, very very good. I listened to this, Jen. You sent me this probably about I don't know. It was a hot minute ago. Mm, probably, I think it was before COVID. Cause yeah, you no, were it was like, definitely way before COVID. You were like, it was probably I in need January. to get. In. Uh, yeah. What did he say? He said it was probably in January. Uh, maybe February. Yeah, this was 2019. She was trying to start your year up, right? Oh. I was trying oh. to help you out. 
I get that now. Okay. We didn't really talk right. in January. Yeah, there wasn't. No, yeah, there wasn't, you were, yeah, you were like still February. avoiding us. <laughs> yeah, you were still trying to avoid us, and and the the pastors at Mission Ridge that kept bugging you about you know. I'm still trying know, to avoid you. It's out. not working. Yeah, you're really bad at that. If you're <laughs> 17, seventeen miles, miles an per hour. hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to avoid people at seventeen miles an hour when they're all going serpentine, fifty. Serpentine. Serpentine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just picturing the sloth oh. telling a joke. Yeah, from Zootopia. Oh my just cruising. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Oh. All right. Do you know why I pulled you over? <clears throat> He's nodding silently, which translates really well to podcast. <laughs> But that's how he starts out. You like you're like you want to watch the rest of it, and it clicks away from there. I'm like, no, I want to see this. Yep. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) All right. So I want to hear him say, "I was going too fast, as slow (coughs) as possible." Yeah. Seventeen miles per hour. Yeah. So we got this this church Bridgetown, and I forget which of the episodes, uh, but one of the episodes, uh, the pastor drops this quote. Which says, um, if uh, as a pastor, if I break nine out of the ten commandments, any one of the nine, any one of nine of the ten commandments, I'm probably going to lose my job, right? If I murder somebody, probably not going to be a pastor anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I'm constantly lying to people, probably not going to be a pastor anymore. If I'm committing adultery, not going to be a pastor anymore. Like these are going to get me fired from my job, and would probably get most people fired from most of their jobs, right? right? We usually frown upon breaking the Ten Commandments, even in secular society. However, there's one of them that if I break it, I'm probably going to get a raise. Mm -hmm. If I break Sabbath and I don't rest... I look... Like I I'm look like super a Super spiritual right? because I'm working so Just slaving away hard. for the church. Or in your secular, like, this is how you get promotions. Right. You work harder. Right? This is, and so that that quote, that that resonated with me and will stick with me till the ends of time. Um, I don't, was that, I feel like that, it, I don't know. I'm going to have to track down who sent that because I'm thinking it was before January. It's in that sermon series. It, it is in that sermon series, but maybe I, maybe we were just talking about it. Well, I mean, 2020 has been, you know... 20 years long. Yeah, 20 years wrapped into nine months, so... So, that's that's a thing. I don't know. Who who can know such things? Nonetheless, it's in the sermon series. It is a valuable series if you want to go supplement. It's well worth Um, listening to. Go give her a a listen there. But, uh, yeah, that was a... We just wanted to dig in and quote that a little bit more and give you some context as to where we got that. So, uh, that sums that one up. Let's wrap up with a little bit of banter, a little bit of fireside chat uh, hmm. about I'll start what... the fire. No, Ryan started the fire. <laughs> anyway. I uh, we didn't start the fire. <laughs> it was always burning. <laughs> um, but uh, what do you do to rest in God? Jen shrugs and says, I don't know. 
All right. That was a quick discussion. Hmm. <laughs> and we're done. All right. Thanks for joining us. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. And finding second, third, fourth, and fifth gears, Jennifer Bartlett. <laughs> <laughs> Speeding right through that conversation. <laughs> yeah, that was way faster than 17 miles an hour. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do to rest in God? So we're, ta- we're talking this week of slowing down and resting, obviously. And we could, we could tack on a little bit of stopping last week, too, mm-hmm. if you want to, because uh, the, the two are intrinsically tied. But what does that look like for you? So a number of things for me. You know, I, th- I think in terms of any other relationship that there are different patterns or different rhythms uh, for conversations. So for my wife and I, uh, there's a number of texts in a day. Every so often, you know, some heart emojis, some uh, emojis with heart eyes, you know, blowing blowing hearts. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, you know, um, just so quick, you know, not very serious you know, just mm-hmm. surface level conversation stuff. Right. Yep. You know, and then there's there's other times where, you know, it's a fifteen minute conversation, you know, at dinner time or whatever. And it's a it's a little bit longer conversation. It's it's a little more intentional. And then there's other times where it's a couple of hour conversation and it's just her and I. Mm-hmm. And if your if your relationships don't have those different patterns, if they only have the quick emojis, yeah, you know, or or a fifteen minute conversation here and there, you know, once or twice a, a month, then it's probably not that intimate of a relationship. <laughs> and so, for me, one of the things I try to do for Sabbath, and sometimes I change my Sabbath because if someone needs helping moved on Saturday. It's a very cultural thing to do. You know, they're my friends. It's, it's probably the last opportunity to to do that. And so I will move my Sabbath if I need to in order to accommodate or, or care for sure. those mm-hmm. around me. Sometimes as a church, we'll do an event. You it know, happens. And so I'll, I'll maybe not do as much work on Sunday afternoon and make Sunday my Sabbath, or maybe I'll switch it to Friday instead of Saturday because Friday is supposed to be a day off, though. I don't typically take it. We're bad at that. Or only take about half of it. Um, I do do things for our family on Friday, mm-hmm. but I spend part of the day prepping for Sunday as well. But when it comes to my Sabbath time, the thing that helps me to kind of mark that day as being different than the other days is whatever I'm doing Monday through or Sunday through Friday, I do something different. I make that time, that space unique. It's almost like a date mm-hmm. versus, versus like I love sitting down with my wife for dinner at night, but a lot of times it's unimaginable. You know, like it's, you know, nothing special. It's nothing unique. It's the same, same spot, same place. Mm-hmm. You know, sure. So it's routine, and to get out of that, I'll do something unique. I will either fo- 
read something different. Uh, I will I will walk and read. I will walk and listen. I w- I will change things up to where, for me, it doesn't feel like the same routine. And then it's usually a longer period. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then the next thing for me is, and this is more recent, I try to think about God and kind of have this ongoing conversation all day long. And so it's like I'm more cognizant of his presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember the guy's name in Fiddler on the Roof, but you know he's always having these conversations with God. Oh, yeah. You know, and... Uh, you know, I just that that kind of that kind of thing is sure. you know it's presented kind of humorous in the movie, but but there's also you, you also get kind of an insight into just kind of the psyche and mm-hmm. and the maybe the ethos of 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 the Jewish people and in their mm-hmm. and they're uh, they're very aware through this movie. You see that they're very aware of their connection mm-hmm. with God, and and even if they don't fully understand like but why did you do this but you're god so that's <laughs> you know, so i don't understand but maybe i don't need to understand you know running <laughs> conversation yeah it's so so those are two things that for me help all right all right nice nice mm, now that i've had time to think about this question oh. um i'm not just gonna shrug my shoulders and be like i don't know <laughs> um so, ironically enough, I was listening to a sermon by Annie F. Downs today. Um, their church. You guys are going to be best friends, right? We are. I just need to move to Nashville. No. Do <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll not lose another friend to Nashville. Oh, someday. That black hole of friendship. Okay. <laughs> so, someday in the long off future. After I've lost, like, after I'm gone and abandoned everyone. Then you can leave. Okay. Cool. Thanks. All right. Cool. Nice. One-sided friendships. They're the <laughs> best. <laughs> um, so I was listening to a sermon from Cross Point T- Church um, in Nashville, and she was preaching on Sabbath. Okay. Hence why I was listening to it. But she had the quote, on Sabbath, I just have time. I don't have to be anybody's anything. And I think that's what I appreciate most about Sabbath is I have the time and I tend to do my Sabbaths on Friday because, um, the girls are in school. Uh, well, pre COVID they were in school. I've had to punt since then. Um, but I have the freedom to not have to do anything. Mm. I don't have someone Mm. saying I need a ride here. I need to do this. It's, um, so a lot of times that looks like me reading a book or me journaling or, um, <laughs> I'm really good at stuffing the hard conversations I need to have with God until Sabbath. Like, you know, you feel that thing building up or that thing that's been bothering you all week and you're like, all right, it's Monday. You need to hold this in until Friday. Like, <laughs> hold. Keep my cell phone until then. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Keep your what? Cell phone? Cell phone? Yeah. I'll yep. apologize on that day. 
Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. So, and it's not usually something with somebody else. It's something that, like, why did that bother me so much? So, I need to process that. But I got things to do and people to see throughout the week. So, Friday's when we're going to take that time to really okay have that longer conversation. Like, so. All right. That's interesting. All right. What did I stuff things? Totally. No. <laughs> I less less commentary on interesting of Jen, and just more <laughs> an interesting commentary or an interesting concept. Interesting. Of you know, all right. Now I'm going to have all these long, hard conversations with God because I've set them aside for this one day. Mm-hmm. I find that interesting. Yeah, and sometimes there's not hard conversations to have, but okay. Sometimes it's napping or doing something that's delightful and enjoyable and there you go yeah so all right one thing i noticed between the both of your answers there's more conversations probably with god there's Mm -hmm. a focus definitely a focus there um and it's 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 being intentional about the relationship there Mm -hmm. that gets integrated into whatever you're doing with the rest which is intriguing probably a valuable thing to uh observe mm-hmm. so um all right so that'll do her for footnote oh wait nice no. try <laughs> the daggers uh let's see here. what do i do to rest uh well we've already uh figured out that my music is poly without meter and without tone and random and stressful so obviously i'm really good at rest but, uh, sarcasm aside, when I do get a good rest in, uh, when I do get a good Sabbath that doesn't fail epically, mm-hmm. um, it tends to involve going out and doing something, um, maybe an activity that I haven't had time to do, um, <clears throat> probably still don't have time to do, but I just say, heck with it, I'm doing it, right? Um, that might be randomly deciding that I'm going to go float the river um, when it's not warm enough out and then the wind's going to blow us upstream. Could be a random adventure like that. Uh, could be working on a project that I've just been putting off for forever at my house that's like building a cigar box guitar. Um, you know, something like that. Um, messing with my fish tanks just for funsies. Like, uh, that's calming and peaceful and restful for me is just cleaning those out and taking care of the fish. Um, Cooking. Mm. It's very, very much, uh, at this point for me, I'm very id-driven, I guess, when it comes to rest. It's like, what do I want to do? All right, I'm going to do it. Mm. Um, Instead of being a slave to what do I need to do, I guess that would be. Uh, a thing. I do notice that there are times where it's like, what do I want to do? I don't want to do anything. And then I'll end up like binging a Netflix show or something. Um, And I don't feel rested after that. So choosing that I want to do something uh, is much more restful than just not doing anything, I guess. So that's, that's probably my, my restful aspect of Sabbath. Do you find, um, I'm sorry, did no, I go ahead. that there's a 
difference pre-COVID, post-COVID, or during COVID to your Sabbath? When is post-COVID? Okay. Post-COVID was not the right word. I already (laughs) acknowledged that. Pre-COVID and current state of affairs. Uh, Yeah, there was more structure pre-COVID, and then COVID threw all of that into a tizzy Mm -hmm. for me. Um, I was still... I was just barely establishing some rhythms before COVID hit and then COVID hit and those rhythms got capsized with like a paper boat in a storm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess I noticed that difference. Um, As far as working God into it, um, I guess that it creates space that I do hear from God maybe more on those, but uh, I'm not very good at intentionally uh, working that into that rest period mm. at this point yet. Um, that's, I just haven't gotten very good at doing that. Gotcha. So, I mean, that's why Rob's a senior pastor and I'm not. <laughs> uh, well, that's funny. Nailed it. Nailed yeah. it. <clears throat> I've definitely noticed a difference in, I had a pretty, pretty sweet rhythm. And then COVID happened, and I have yet to get a good Sabbath ribbon. ribbon. Reestablished. Yeah. Gotcha. So it feels clunky and awkward, and it's like a teenage boy at a junior high dance. That's awkward. (laughs) That's what it feels like right now. Wow. What are you? Never mind. That is awkward. (laughs) That That is a lot of clunky and awkward. All right. All righty, well, we will continue to soldier on through Sabbath and just work our way through it. <laughs> <laughs> this week we've got Delight and Jen. You're helping preach. I am. Or should I say Rob's helping you preach? Yeah. Who's I'm in gonna... charge there? We, we know who's in charge. Jen's bringing it. All right. <laughs> It's going to be great. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to be good. So tune in on Sunday to catch that. And uh, some of us will be lighting up the comments section. It'll be great. (laughs) So if you're out of town, join us online. If you're in town, join us uh, in person Mm because that's way more cool. Um, We'll see what type of mask Logan's wearing on Sunday. I got some new ones coming in. It's exciting. I do. Very excited. Anyway, thanks for joining us on Footnotes. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Bye. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more Footnotes. Mixat say hatara, not mixat mozzarella hatara. That's how I wrote it on the board. You <laughs> did, and he did. I thought it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, <clears throat> it made it me was. hungry. It makes me want to go get mozzarella sticks. Mozzarella sticks do sound pretty good. Yeah. Where's a good place to get mozzarella sticks? I have no idea. <laughs> no idea.
Oh, my soul. 